There comes a time in every fight when doubt creeps in. Before the People, the people Act, before the People Act has been defeated tonight, before the People Act fell on its face. When the odds are stacked against you, over 250 voter, voter suppression, suppression bills, in 43 states. When everything you believe in is on the ropes, and you feel like giving up, but you don't. You remember what we're fighting for, who we're fighting for, and you know. You got this. Because we got this. Hey, about that voting rights bill. Voting it, rights act is not dead. It's not dead yet. Democracy is worth fighting for. Come on, America. Let's go. A point that I can agree with is that America is an idea. The, the idea of America is something to be proud of. The yeah. idea, but what America actually is and has been leaves 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 a lot more. There's a lot of things that we need to fight for, to correct, to change, to work on. And race and democracy being of the primary importance. The yeah. top two two issues, I mean, environment, there's a lot of issues. According to public reporting, uh, D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser first called Army Secretary Ryan McCarthy to ask for help at 1.34 p.m. It looks now like the Capitol the, the police... Yeah, now, Pete, let me break away from you a second, because things are happening very quickly. According to your written testimony, you were, quote, aware that demonstrators had breached the Capitol. All right, you're with us now? Yes, I there am. There you are. There you are. Awesome. Awesome. You got a great beard, too. Yeah, this is what we're doing. <laughs> All right, good, good. So I noticed that your email says Black Male Voters Project or something. Black Male Voter Project. Black Male Voter Project. Is that what you're, is that who you're with? Or do you, is that, are you, um, you run that group or? Yeah, I'm the founder of Black Male Voter Project, Black Male Voter Project Education Fund, which is our C3, and also Black Halifax, which is our super PAC. I also have a consulting firm. Uh, WMR Consulting. And what do you guys do? We're the only national organization with the uh, sole purpose of increasing Black men's participation in electoral politics. So, you know, 20 years of doing political work, um, and I didn't see uh, anyone talking on behalf of Black men or about issues that were most important to us in a way that made sense. Uh, everything seemed transactional, and it felt like a bunch of people who, who had no relationship with black men were making decisions uh, for us or about us. Um, and, and also assumptions existed that were not grounded in facts, uh, meaning people called us sporadic voters or low information voters. When in actuality, uh, we know as, as practitioners of, of politics or especially campaigning, uh, that people are engaged or people partic participate in electoral politics when their issues are are prioritized and nobody was prioritizing black men. So black men didn't engage in politics. And we know this to be true because nearly half of black men that are registered to vote in this country don't vote regularly. And again, that's a critique of how we spend money in politics. So I, I, I said, um, I'm not gonna wait on anyone. I'm just gonna launch this organization. So I took uh, years, four or five years to do research about what moved black men, how to engage us. And I created this approach called the BMEP Additory Approach. That's grounded in some, some behavior psychology, but, but mostly in the lessons 
from uh, Maslow hierarchy need that tells us if people don't have their basic needs met, they can't think about things that are self-actualization. And the way that we present politics to black men in this country is self-actualization. And since we are a demographic that have none of our safety markers met, none of our basic needs met for the most part, it is illogical to believe that we're gonna vote, especially when you couple the fact that for 150 years, we've been the target of voter suppression. And that's, that's not hyperbole. I mean, sometimes it costs us our lives to try to participate in electoral politics. So black men have had a lot of uh, ammunition and also reason not to wanna to play politics, especially the way it's presented. And there's no growth in their quality of life for the most part. So um, we figured out a way to engage brothers that, that made sense, that looked like and mock the, the, the rhythm of black men lives in this country. So as to create a organization that addressed more than just their political needs, but also their um, help trying to erase some of the barriers that kept black men from playing politics in general. And that's what we do. Okay, awesome. Now you mentioned self-actualization. I'm kind of interested in that. What did you mean by that aspect of what you were talking about? Yeah, I mean, I mean, so the pyramid uh, Maslow hierarchy needs says that there are levels and you can move through those levels, but a person who don't have money can't think about taking a vacation or anything that's not, that's about you fulfilling your highest self. When you're, when you're starving and all you're trying to do is feed your family, there's, it's, it's impossible to talk about voting with that mindset or to prioritize voting. So what I'm saying is the way we present politics to black men in this country is self-actualization. We basically say, this is something you should do. It seems like a hobby. The way we show up two months before an election day talking about this usually white candidate is the great white hope and is gonna change everything wrong in your life. That makes no sense to, to a person who is suffering, right? You can't tell a black man he needs to be an environmentalist when all he's trying to do is be a survivalist because he's starving, dying, trying to survive the elements, not just the physical elements, but police trying to kill you for being black or, or any other of our uh, systematic racism systems that have, that have been systematically killing black men, which that has led us to have the shortage lives of all demographics in all of North America. The over-policing of black bodies, specifically black men, the over-incarcerating, the over-suspension and expulsion from school. And I can go on and on and on with horrible markers to show you that black men are just trying to survive in this country where we've been asked to be something like super voters or environmentalists or any, anything that makes no sense about a person who's living on the margins. So you wanted to, you contacted me because you wanted to ask me about what I'm doing and reaching out to the middle. And so I wanted to have you frame the question a little bit for us of what you wanted to talk about. Yeah, I, I, I um, so I, I'm less curious as to, well, I should say, I'm, I'm, because I hear this often that we need to talk to, you know, these people who are either split ticket, ticket splitters or, or middle of the row or conservative leaning. And I don't understand that thinking when I don't feel like we've done enough for our own base. So I feel like any resources being spent on another demographic is, is not a smart or a winning strategy. So I, I want to understand why we are, this organization is spending money on this demographic when we left so much uh, on the table with our base, uh, black voters, specifically black men, progressive white folk and young voters. So one thing, spending money, we're not really spending a whole lot of money here, okay? <laughs> because don't have a whole lot of money. But the main thing is that we need to reach the middle of the country because we're losing. We're losing, not just because we can't get our base out, although getting the base out is a problem, and I understand the role of getting the base out. It's when getting the base out conflicts with reaching out to the middle. It's when we create a situation in which we're driving people away from our side rather than bringing them in. And so part of my thing has always been to reach the hearts and minds of the American people. 
And I've always found that what every year that's gone on since college, the left has gone inwards towards its base and started to come out, draw battle lines in places where battle lines should not be drawn. And then we have a thing like, wow, we were able to beat Trump, but we weren't able to beat the Republicans because we've lost the middle of the country because we've gone off too far. Maybe we're a little extremist. Maybe we're, we're just as much a part of a cult as the right is, although our cult is different. So we've got all these things that the left is almost its own culture, its own unique perspectives in all this propaganda, and I call it propaganda. Everything is propaganda, so it's not a negative definition. But all the propaganda has locked us into struggles on battle lines where we shouldn't have struggles, like, for instance, on religion. Even race as a battle line is problematic. Ideology. We have a battle line, a struggle over ideology. And so if we're going to alienate Americans, make enemies of Americans of the middle of the country, then we're going setting ourselves up to lose because the enemy is not American. We are trying to get Americans to the polls. We are trying to get Americans on our sides, not try to alienate people for being Americans or for being uh, Christian or for being not in our same ideology. So my thought, and I go back to before Trump lost the election, before the election, we were all training for an authoritarian takedown of our government. We were all preparing for that. And I think we still need to be prepared for that. And so in preparing for that, we're going to need to reach the middle of the country. We're going to need to reach all those institutions that we were being trained about, the, the courts, business, you know, and corporations, the church, the bureaucracy. The, we're going to need to reach the middle of the country if we're going to bring the type of pressure that we need to bring if our democracy gets overthrown. We, we just can't have a situation. I don't think we could win if we're just appealing to our base. Now that Trump's strategy was to just appeal to his base and he got pretty far. So I'm not taking that lightly, but I don't, I think we're losing people and I think we're off on extremes. And I think we need to reach the middle of the country. I actually think the country needs to move away from the extremes and come to the middle and centered around protecting our democracy. That's really what I'm feeling because I feel like both sides are now engulfed in their own propaganda and their own cult-like behaviors and cult-like things, drawing battle lines, dividing the country around race, religion, and ideology, and then ruining our agenda. I think there's a lot of misinformation and disinformation out there infecting the left. We know it's out there on the right, but I think a lot of it is, and that's what my next presentation is going to be about. I think a lot on the left is a is caught up in their own set of, like the right has racist propaganda. Uh, they have um, the anti-vax propaganda. They have all this false propaganda. We have half-truths, really. We don't have full truths. We have anti-American propaganda, anti-Christian propaganda, anti-liberal propaganda. I got to push back on there, brother. I don't, I, I mean, when you're saying um, uh, like we making enemies of American, first of all, are you talking about the geographic middle or are you talking about political middle? Mostly political middle. I'm not really yeah. thinking about, about yeah. geographic middle. I, I, I just, I don't, there, there's no, there's no, there's no political middle in America. It's, it's not. I mean, uh, I, people, people vote the same way all elections. And I think, I think there's a misconception that, that our base isn't enough. 
the majority that, that makes up the coalition that won uh, 2020 is absolutely enough to defeat the Republican Party. I don't, I don't think, I don't think it's okay to say that you know the left, the left and right are both operating extremes because we are obligated to be extreme against injustices. Uh, we are obligated to be extreme against racism. When you have Congress folk uh, on the Republican Party that are operating the way some of these people are operating, lying about COVID, which is killing 1,200 Americans today, every day, still, still 1,200 Americans are dying from COVID. And you have, just like Congressman Johnson just said yesterday, the Republican talking about, oh, it's a Democratic, COVID is a, this new strand of COVID is a Democratic midterm strategy. No, you have to be extreme when you scream about that. When you have a when you have a congressperson putting out a cartoon version of himself shooting and killing his coworker AOC, you have to be extreme when you push back on that. It is not okay in any other field. A coworker putting out an animated video of him killing one of his coworkers would get him terminated. Mm-hmm. We're not playing on, we're not playing on the same axis. America is. I, I I think what happens is we're in a space where we've never seen two generations this big back to back are taking over so fast of who our electorate is. And I don't think the status quo is comfortable with that loss. I'm I'm super excited about the fact that millennials are bigger than the baby boomers. And also America is darkening. Millennials are 42 something other than white. And the generation behind them is about the same and also larger than them. So we have one in 10 voters in this country in this past election, we're younger than millennials. And millennials, you, when you, so when you couple millennials and also the generation behind them, I think the way of thinking of the past is old. I don't, there's no middle class anymore. There's no middle, I mean, I'm sorry, there's no middle voter. People are Republican, people are Democrat. That's it. I don't think, I don't think drawing lines over race, a woman's body, or, 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 or any type of oppression is a bad thing. We should have those lines. Those are battles we should fight. That's what democracy is for. Democracy is to address those harms. And every time we amend something or we make our constitution bigger, it's to bring more people into the fold. Republicans aren't trying to bring more people into the fold. Mm -hmm. At this point, the Republican Party that I see is unhealthy with the racism, bigotry, and sexism. And it's disgusting. And we we have to push back. I mean, I, I, I have a hard line against a woman not being able to control what's, what's going to happen to her body, like we saw in Texas. We should be extreme. We should be loud against that as Americans. I, I don't make, I'm, not, I'm not here to make Republicans my enemies. I am here to tell them where I differ on, on, on beliefs, and they should do the same. But, I, I mean, but to say that, you know, the left wanting to, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't we, we are, we are a small part of the entire population. This country is the only country where people are debating climate change in this context. Climate change is real. We, and and we're, we have elected officials, high-ranking elected officials denying it. I'm talking about the last president denying climate change. Mm-hmm. We, 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 these are things we have to be fanatical about. I, I think... I think you're, I, th- I would say, and I've had said it before, that being a moderate, being in the middle is not the solution either, because there's propaganda for people in the middle as well. And so it's not a matter of, because we do, and there are threats, and there are reasons to be angry and upset, and there are things we need to fight for. Just because somebody says democracy is threatened, democracy is under attack, does not mean they're wrong about that just because it seems like it's extreme or that. But at this, at the same time, I think some of the examples you're pointing out are sort of the extremists fighting against the extremists. I think there is a middle of the country. And I think if there's no middle of the country, then we have a terrible problem. It's not something that we should ignore. I mean, a lot of elections are fought over the middle as you're, you're aware probably. And I do also think that some of the stuff on the right and some of the stuff on the left is just wrong. And, and so I think there's an excessive negativity about people that's there. 
that somehow, you know, that somehow white people are not amendable or there's something wrong with people or something. I, it's just that I think there is a middle of the country. If there's not a middle of the country, we need to create one because we're losing. And you say we're losing, what do you mean we're losing? Well, look at the last election, right? They Republicans essentially have stymied the Democrats' opportunity to pass any legislation that's going to protect democracy. And so if we can't protect democracy, then we will not be able to win elections. If we can't win elections, we're going to fall into authoritarianism. We're going to further slide into towards yeah, in that direction. But that's the Republican Party. We won the last election. The Democrats won the election. Clear. Not the Senate, not the House. We absolutely did win the Senate and the House. We well, have majority. We lost. We lost seats. We no, lost we didn't. Seats. In Florida, those seats that were lost in Florida. I mean, like if you look at what happened, this, the people who lost were middle of the road candidates, milk toast candidates. Progressives didn't lose in Florida. Yeah. Democrats lost seats, and right. Democrats lost seats in Florida. But a progressive idea passed at the ballot. Fifteen dollars right. an hour passed at the ballot. And I don't have any problems with policies. Yeah. What I have a problem with is the propaganda, the anti-Christian, anti-American. Anti-liberal. I'm, I'm a Marine Corps veteran. I'm a Christian. I went to Divinity School, and all of the black people that I know that are Democrats are deeply Christian. So yeah, I don't. I don't. That, yeah, there's I, no anti-Christian in there. That's the problem. You don't really understand what white people go through who are Christians. Come on, what are you talking about? Come on, what are you talking about? Because basically, what I'm talking about is basically the anti-Christian narrative there's a lot there's anti-christian sentiment there's no anti the left there I, is i can't believe you said i am we are, we are the the black there no there, there's well, no the black community is different the black it's community is different. there's no what i'm saying to you is there's no demographic that votes more for democrats than black people majority of black democrats are christian right so I, I'm trying to figure out what anti and nobody, I would argue, nobody loves Jesus more than black people. Right. So black people are not the the problem here. It's not what I'm talking about. Black people have a different experience than white people in the progressive left movement. And I think there's a little bit of self-deception going on when we start to like, for instance, we use certain labels, neoliberal, in my mind, as a, and attack on liberal democracy. Christian nationalism is just a way of calling Christians Nazis. And Christian, we, there is a thing, I, I feel like your sensibilities are bothered because you may be a white Christian. No, no you, that's not I, true. Okay, so I'm, I'm telling you, Christian nationalism is a thing. And as a black person who understands, I'm from North Carolina, I was chased by the Klan these same people went to church. These same people believe that I didn't belong in the same building as them. And I'm not an old Christian. I'm 42 years old. So to, to, to discount Christian nationalism or not talk about it because it offends one sensibility is to, is to minimize those of us that are oppressed by these people. And I'm telling you, the people that we are losing because of that, we shouldn't be concerned with those people because those people are still dealing with their racial sensitivities and i that, feel yeah i'm feeling that we're not really on the same because it's such a complicated topic and we've got so many things going on so the discussions for example about christian nationalism quickly devolved and i was just watching the poor people's campaign a little conference they had in los angeles and how quickly it devolves into a criticism of all of Christianity. It doesn't. It's impossible because the Poor People Campaign is led by a reverend that I know personally. Doesn't Dr. matter. Doesn't, that doesn't matter. It's, it's not a critique on all Christians. It's a critique on Christians who are acting lukewarm. And that critique is the same critique that Jesus had for Christians, the most yeah. sanctified Christians. I think there's a critique to be made. I think there is a critique to be made, but to use the label Christian nationalism 
is just to divide people along lines of religion oh, it's, it's, it's Christianity. Not, not just to deny, and it's not just to divide people. It's to prevent what happened in, in Germany from happening here. We absolutely, you absolutely have to name racism. There's no dancing around it. Christian nationalism is a problem in this country. We saw it in Charlottesville kill people. See, that's the thing. Why do you want to call people Christians just because they're nationalists? I mean, everybody has used religion. I don't want to call people a Christian that's not a Christian. I'm right, only- right, right, right. So why not just call them heretics? I would be more comfortable with you calling them heretics than calling them nationalists because I think what you're doing is it's nationalism. Everybody has justified their views using the Bible every for years, for tens of thousands of years, that no surprise that people are using the Bible to justify their evil. They've done it over and over and over again. What's the doesn't mean, that doesn't mean that there's a movement that we have to now target that's called Christian. You know, it's not it Christian. Absolutely is. No, it absolutely it's not Christian. Franklin Graham is Christian. He, he has a form of racism in his Christianity that is not of, of, of sanctity. And here's, here's my problem. This might clarify what we're talking about. Christian nationalism really, in a political sense, for, as a political label, makes no distinction between Christianity and nationalism. I, I, I beg to differ. As a, as a Christian who's not a nationalist, as a veteran who's not a nationalist, I, I beg to differ wholeheartedly. Oh, well, I'm a Christian who's not a nationalist too. But right. I also, I think that there's good forms of nationalism and bad forms. I don't think it is. I think nationalism is the root. No, of- there's always nationalism. This is the problem with the anti-American propaganda. What anti-American? It's good to be a proud to be American. It's good to feel that America has played a role in world history. It's good to feel good about being an American. And there are good things about America and their values. And if we make that the enemy, then f- we're just pushing that Americans. It, it, it is disgusting to think about America as good in the world. That's the problem. Hold That's on a second. Problem. Hold on a second. I'm a veteran. I, I, I reserve that right. I reserve that I, right. I, I, I know you. <laughs> Let, let, let me let me so let me finish if you don't mind. I, I, it is I, what I was going to say was it's disgusting to talk about America as good. If you're going to do a, if you're going to do a, a how good America is in its history, then you should you should do a Benjamin Franklin close and put down all the X's that America is responsible for. All the black and brown people of the world, all the poor white people of the world that has suffered because of America. And when you start measuring that way, it becomes light. So. This idea that we should be proud to be America is the root of a lot of other things that we forget. So I think think it's absolutely crucial. It's absolutely crucial to understand America for her her totality. And I think that's a better way to look at it than than worrying about being proud of a flag or a country. This pride is the root of so many bad things, so many passes America get. I mean, we, we bombed. We bomb black communities, literally. This mm-hmm. country bombed black communities in Philadelphia. And I'm not talking about in the 60s. I'm talking about in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And no one talks about it. Well, we should talk about it. We should talk about it more. And we should talk about all of these things. But we should also recognize that there's another side to America, that there's also good in America, that also there are American values that we stand up and ideals that we strive for that are good, such as democracy, such as freedom, such as, you know, the old idea of the melting pot, the idea that we all live, you know, together, and that right now, a good idea of nationalism would be, you know, hey, we've got a disease that's coming in from out of this country, we need to get together and protect our fellow Americans. That's a positive form of nationalism, get together to help protect Americans. Entirely too narrow negative. That your view is entirely too negative. Yeah, I hear you. I think I think what you just said was was it's a problematic statement. We, we have a we have a virus coming from outside of the country. No, we have a virus inside this country. And we are a, we are a, in the context of this virus, we're the problem. We're the problem. We are yet to get to the rank the, the places where we need to be vaccinated. We're 60% of Americans are vaccinated. We should be way higher than that. 
Right. The problem is not to close borders or to or to shut people, keep people out of the country. The problem is to convince Americans to get vaccinated. And the Americans that are not getting vaccinated are Donald Trump Americans. Are right, that, right. That's what I was talking about. These are against people to, to so, get vaccinated and how that's an important thing. And that it's not just important, but that it's important to protecting both our fellow Americans and our families. And I think that that messaging would reach conservatives too. And I don't have the luxury to sit around and think about what messaging works for right. conservatives because conservatives have a racist platform. They believe that I'm from a shit, I descended from people from a shithole country. Here's and the thing that- 70 some million of them agreed with the president when they went out and voted for him a second time after he made that statement. Okay, so here's the thing. All right. Propaganda. So you've got a lot of history about America, right? Absolutely. And there's a lot of negative history out there about America and what America has done and how we've been an enemy to democracy and how we've participated in the overthrow of democracy and how that's now coming back to haunt us. Absolutely. Okay. Welcome to the world. Every country in the nation has a history of atrocity. The history is a litany of atrocity, atrocity left, right. You can't just come in and say, oh, America is the worst. Look at Russia, look at China, look at North Korea, look at the, all, the, all through Africa. Authoritarianism has taken root, but oh, through oh. the Americas, democracy has- Wait a second, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. I, I, so let's, first of all, let, let's address a couple of things. I'm, I'm not. Cons- I, I, I'm not a. I'm not an isolationist, so I understand the plight of my brothers and sisters in uh, North Korea, in Russia, and ever, everywhere where people are suffering. I get that, but to talk to, to minimize America's nobody's minimizing anybody. No, no, listen, listen. I'm just you're, saying you're, you're way I, too focused you, on the negative. Said, no, no. You said you said I. I I'm trying to. I, why am I just focusing on America? I should focus on all these other places. Right. Right. I mean, you have a. You have that's accurate. I'm an American, so I'm obligated to focus on homeland. These problems are these problems are uniquely mine because I am a black American. Not because I'm a black Russian or a black North Korean. I'm a black American. So I'm criticizing the government in which I'm I'm, I'm a citizen. And of. we should. We absolutely and, and so second, secondly, it is it is it is ahistorical for you to name. To, let me finish. It's ahistorical for you to, to talk about the, authority, the authoritarians that are controlling African countries right now when you're not criticizing Europe because Europe is the reason authoritarians are ruling I, African countries. I, I think Europe is part of the problem. Part of the problem. The but way also the- is Russia, so is China. No, no, no. Russia, Russia is part of Europe. Right. No, so China, Russia- China, China, China had no control of Africa pre-60. These are all uh, European countries. China may has a different countries. region. Yeah, this, these are all European countries. And when they left, when they start leaving, when when De Gaulle and the others left Africa, they destroyed systems. They burned birth certificates. They they made space for strong men to come in place. So every place you see a strong man in Africa, check the European country that was there before. Right. The Europeans have been an enemy of democracy, a lot like the United States has. And that has been a major, major problem. I'm in 100% agreement with you on that. I think, though, that your views are ahistorical or selectively historical, because I think the problem we face is not just the problem of American racism. It's the problem of human evil. That's what we're dealing with, the problem of human evil. That's what this all is. And when we start to look at the problem of human evil, then maybe we can start to solve the problems. But if we're going to just identify it as a a white versus black thing or an ideological thing, we're going to miss it. Because this problem has been around since ancient times. It's nothing new. So we need to go back in history and look at all this history to come to some conclusions. I do think there are people in the middle and we need to create space 
for a, for the those people. I think we could reach more people. I don't think the country is so divided. We, I think the division is the cause of our problem now, uh, at least the cause of our there. It's a tool that's being used to undermine our democracy. I think I think you I think you're speaking from a place of privilege that does not allow you to see how how far off you sound from the people I engage with on a regular basis for this work that I do. And I think I think I think there 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 are spaces that you that you are privy to as a white man, mental spaces I'm talking about that I'm not privy to as a black man in America. And I don't think and I think they're blocking you from being able to see this. I'm 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 reminded when I'm hearing you, I'm reminded of the Marine Corps trying to tell me there's no black Marines or white Marines. There are only light greens and dark greens. That minimization does not work for me. It erases and it lets too many people off off the hook for what happens to folk that look like me. America's nappy headed children are forever stained, still stained by racism. And I don't have it's not to me. It's not a white versus black. It's a whiteness versus black and not just black. All oppressed people in this country happens at the hand of whiteness. The idea that white is superior, that is rooted in pride, that is rooted in nationalism. That is my problem with nationalism. That is my problem with whiteness, not white people. See, also, yeah, that's, a, that's also, problematic for me because I, I don't I, think it, we should I, label I mean, something it, by somebody's it, color of their skin. Right, right. But you called us, you called us, uh, whiteness is not a color of a skin. Whiteness is actually an idea. Whiteness is an idea that you are superior because of your skin. So it's, it's and, and I, I, I don't label people. White, white people aren't the problem. Whiteness, those that are, and whiteness can exist and black people too. Furthermore, you, 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 you refer to us as a melting pot. That too is a problem. You're asking me to be part of something that requires me to lose myself. Yeah, that's just an idea that came from history, not something. But at the same time, there is the idea that we all become Americans, African-Americans. I don't lose my identity. And Who, I, whose ideal is that? I mean, we all become American. We've never, as I'm trying to say, we've, we've never been accepted into your America. Well, that's, that's where we get the problem with that we're not reaching out to Americans and we're not reaching out. When to you say we're not reaching out to Americans, which Americans are you talking about? We're talking about the, all of Americans. We don't, I, we, we all can't, of Americans. Why would we reach out to all Americans? We, well, we're not going to reach out to the far left. You know, the far left are the people we're going to oppose. Like the far right are the people we're going to oppose. There's obviously people that are unreachable. I agree with that. But there are people who are reachable, but if we continue to come with yeah, this anti-American type what of anti-Western. Why would we go after that 20% that is reachable of, on the Republican but side? That's what I'm doing. That's what I'm doing. That's this what is what I'm, I'm saying. And so I, I think I I I maybe I'm maybe I, I misunderstood something. Are you are you a democratic operative or are you no? Okay, so I'm a I'm a lawyer. I do social security disability law. Okay. I've been a progressive activist. I'm a writer. Um, I produce a podcast called Bible Study for Progressives, and I'm doing this new podcast, Democracy Under Fire. I've been active in the progressive movement. I've been on the Poor People's Campaign. Don't like it. Don't like William Barber. Due to my experience working with the Poor People's Campaign and also their policy on Christian nationalism, which I think devolves into a Christian hating fiasco. And then also I've been writing for LAProgressive.com, writing for BuzzFlash. So I've been working on the progressive front for quite a while now. I, I think I, I, I take I take homage. I, I think a lot of the times we we misunderstand uh, what the progressive front is uh, on, on our side. I don't I don't um, I, I don't see progressive the same way uh, tr it's, it's traditionally used. Like, so to me, I'm not impressed with Bernie Sanders as a progressive. He's not the creator of anything progressive to me. I mean, his platform was weak at best. Uh, Jesse Jackson had a platform in the 80s, in 84 and 88, that, were far, that was far more progressive than any candidate since then. And yet it's still, we still refer to progressives as folk like Bernie Sanders and others. That's not to say that I don't like Bernie Sanders, because I do. What I am to say, though, I'm, I'm saying what we label, what we label as progressive is usually white, white leaning, white centered. 
the ideas of progressive for me, I'm as a Southern black person, I know more progressives that have that don't even call themselves, that aren't even labeled progressive than we than we could ever figure. You and, and I think you all are, when I say you all, I'm talking about the, the establishment, the way that you can move to and fro uh, in your politics is is beyond a luxury that black people have, meaning we don't have time to spend resources. It doesn't have to be a lot of money, but your your brain power spent on trying to convince white folk that you're worried about that we're losing, that we have not carried the majority since forever. You don't need that many white people as you used to. No, I think we need the progressive white people that will support us. We need we need the, the black people that vote for Democrats and we need we need some of the brown brothers and sisters to, to participate. The idea that we need as many white people as Ronald Reagan is a lost call. Mitt Romney actually got more white votes than Ronald Reagan did and still lost by a landslide to Barack Obama. No, so it, the idea that you need to go get your white cousins that are conservative is something you don't have to do. Let me tell you what I actually think. Okay. All right. Go ahead. I actually think that um, we are inundated with propaganda. A mm-hmm. lot of it comes from similar sources. It's both on the left and the right. It's all designed to divide us. And we have both gone into our own cults. And we have both gone into our own cult-like behaviors, you know, um, and we've all have locked ourselves in. So we're all in cults. We're all being manipulated. We're all being controlled. And the divisiveness, the attack to divide us is not just coming from the right, it's coming from the left. So we are being divided by both the left and the right. We are, our nation is under attack. Our democracy is under attack from both the left and the right. And that's where I'm coming from. We will lose if we're gonna alienate Americans and set up battle lines on religion and ideology where they should not be drawn, you know, and we're going to lose that if we. I, we we're that's not losing. My that. feeling. We're not, that's my view. Yeah, that that that's view is my wrong. View. That view is wrong. I mean, like if you look at the demographics, it's not true. We're not losing. What, what, but the point is that we're both being misled. Both sides, no and that's not. both sides are being misled. I, here's, here's, I, I, I think, I, 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 who's misleading? Who's misleading us? Me. Well, I, it's hard to identify because of the fact that we don't know where the propaganda comes from, but it's all being used by everyone. There are I, there are I, both foreign and domestic sources. Can I ask, can I, let me ask you a question. Are black men over sentenced in America? Yes, they are. They, are, they, are, yeah. black men, are black men are black men underemployed in America? I think they probably are. I don't have the stats on we that. We absolutely are. Okay. Our unemployment rate is double that of white man. Our unemployment rate is even even worse. Right, right. Uh, so so I we, don't have any problem with race with your racist analysis. Right. So what I'm telling you is I'm not being misled. I'm out here saying America systems are not you, treating me equal. And when I say me, I'm talking about black people. Right, but it's not America is not the evil empire. We're not the worst country in the world. We have done some good things. And that's the problem. If you if, if if you don't see being proud to be an American as part of something that you can be, then we have a problem with you're reaching asking, out to Americans. You're asking me to be proud of a country that pays me less than you, locks me up more than you, even though we have similar criminal histories, give me, give me, over-police me, over-suspends me, over-expels me. And and not to mention all the other things, the worst health care outcomes and short in my lives. I'm asking you not well, to hate America. I don't hate, hate Americans. I don't hate what, what do you mean? I am an American. What do you well, but the only if you only thing you come up with with negative things. Say it right? clear. No, no, because you're only coming up with positive things. Say it clear. No, you're I've no I haven't. I've come white up. Americans. No, I've come up. No, no, I'm not. I'm asking you. That I'm telling you that your messaging, your messaging that is anti-American is not going to work with Americans. If you're going to hate Americans. When I talk to black men about America, they say, hell yes, to everything I just said to you. Right. Well, all those things, well, the things you pointed out are true. So what what, which Americans are not going to agree with me? 
So we have an America that believes in democrat democracy. We have an America that believes don't have in freedom. Republicans don't believe but, in democracy. Well, it doesn't matter what the America, what America stands for is democracy and freedom. Who and if you can't that? support that, who told it doesn't you that? matter because it, that's what America Wait, has been from that? the very beginning. It's who a country. I'm telling you, said from the beginning, America stands for democracy, America, and democracy and freedom. That's absolutely right. I am the descendant of an American slave. Where's the freedom in that? The freedom comes when America became a democracy. Rest. Look, you want to say we make progress all at one time? That all of a sudden the world it's is going to be perfect? It's not brother, perfect. There's, brother, a, there's it's a transition. Look, we were not a dictatorship. We weren't ruled by a king. We were ruled for a king. We overcame that, right? So that's freedom. So we came over. A freedom for you is not a freedom for me, brother. Right, but it's the about? beginning of freedom, right? Isn't it no. the beginning of your freedom? Absolutely not. The Constitution is not the beginning of your freedom. The Fair rights enough. under the Constitution not the beginning no. of your freedom. No. Well, then the you're wrong. The Constitution. We. I was. My people were enslaved while the Constitution was a thing. The Constitution is still a thing, and it's still being read, and it's still being interpreted, and now it's being misinterpreted, but it brought us to civil, we have fought laws about the Civil Rights Amendment, about the Civil Rights Movement, we've amended the Constitution, we've made a document that is supposed to be for a free country, that's Supposedly. what we're trying to do. Yes, to make a free country. We're trying to do that. We may not be successful all the time, but that's our goal. That's our effort. That's what the American dream is. Everybody in America who lived in America came up with a democracy. That's what we tried to do. We tried to make freedom. We tried to make freedom. You can't believe it. If you want to see, that's the problem. You can't believe that. too negative. Yes, you have to believe that. Who, 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 I, I don't have to believe that because I have America because otherwise you're just being you're asking me to believe something that history has history is telling you you're wrong. History is not perfect. You said you said America is about so, democracy and freedom since the beginning. Exactly right. In a positive sense, it is. That's why we have the constitution. What do you tell That's all why the, we ran a government. What do you tell so, all those the black bodies that were enslaved? That's why we had to, we, that has to be fought for just like anything else. I'm not saying we became a perfect nation. You, I'm not saying you, we became, you see, you're you. ahistorical in the sense that you think that all of a sudden America is supposed to break out of its racist history and the racist history of the past in one single split second. And it split doesn't second. happen like that. It doesn't years. happen like that. Years. Have you made progress? Have you, have, have you, you've got a nice house? You live, you have a job. You're not a slave anymore. So we've made some progress, right? Since since 200 years ago, we've made some progress, have we not? Let me ask you a question. Because <laughs> if 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 I if I had a knife that was a foot long and I stabbed you in the back and I pulled six inches out, am I to brag about the six inches that's left in your back? That's totally negative. That is totally America for black people. I just listed everything that it means to be a black man in America, and you agree with every one of them. And you're telling me to say, forget those because I'm not a slave anymore because I can work and own a house. No, I'm not saying forget those. That's not what I'm saying. I'm do saying th- don't, don't diss America and Americans just because it has a horrible history. Every country has a horrible history, and every country has positive things, and every country has ideals to strive for. America has a horrible now. I'm not even talking about our history. I'm talking about our now. The stats that you and I were talking about about black men, it's now. Right, now. Now. So we got to do something to change that, right? We got to do something to change that, right? So why are we picking on Americans? Why are we attacking fellow Americans? Why are we on the on the onslaught against America? It's your because white, we hate America. It's your white sensibilities that's offended. It's not my white sensibilities. It's the that's fact that we need to reach out to Americans. No, no. If you want to tell me America is a terrible place, is a horrible place, and that we were just a totally unjust and terrible nation, then I'm going to reject you. That's it. You can reject me. That's fine. But you're, I want to tell you that white American supremacy 
is a fucking terrible place to live. That is a terrible place, but not every American is a white supremacist. He's talking about every American. I'm not talking about every cop. I'm not talking about every Republican. You're talking about the extremists. Ones. You're talking I'm about ta- the extremists. How, how am I talking about the extremists when, Amer- listen, we just had an election. 60, more than 60% of Republicans believe the, the election was stolen. That's right. That's not an extreme. That's the majority of them. I don't have There's time. Majority of Republicans, yes. Exactly. I don't have time to talk to a majority that believes that the election was stolen when I know it wasn't. I'm not with that. I have to turn out, I have to engage those folk who see the world the way I see it, so as to get more of them participating in elections. Okay, that's your that's that's something that everybody has to be has an objective for. And I think that's a valid, but at also time, you gotta recognize that when you limit yourself to just the way you see the world, you're gonna be limited in your view about what things are. I hear you, duly noted. But the, thing, the good thing about it is I, I do not need to, I, I, I like when people use the argument you just used because it, it, it implies that I'm supposed to find time to go dance and dine, I'm talking proverbially, with Klansmen. I don't care what they think. I don't care how they think. If you are a racist, I don't need to know how you see the world. I'm not interested in that. So I'm fine with that blindsided. If you are a racist, if you feel some type of way about me and racism and my stance on racism and it bothers you, I don't care what you how you see the world. I'm not concerned with that type of people. Right, but you may see too many people as racist and be too negative towards them. Why, why is that? Why would I see someone as racist if they're not racist? Well, because there's a whole, well, I mean, the whole idea about racism is a big thing. Is it really an individual? Is it institutional? Is oh. it systemic? You know, and, and there is personal racism and people are racist. But I think when you go about calling people racist because they have a different point of view than you, then we have a problem. I don't, I, you're not racist. A person is not racist because they have a different point of view than me. A person is racist if they have a racist point of view. Right. You, so you got to identify that racist point tons of view of people. before you can. There's tons of people. I don't need to identify it. Well, I mean, what I'm saying is there has to be um, some racism in the individual for you to call them racism. Racist. I, don't, I don't call people racist that aren't racist. Right. Well, Racist is also not a permanent situation. Right. Well, you, I, I can't speak for you, right? You can be progressive in one moment and racist in the next. Well, yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot of racism. There's acts that can, you can, so I, I, I don't call, there, there will never be a point, there will never be a point where I call you racist if I don't, if you're not a racist. I don't do that. But if you are racist, I'm damn sure going to let you know. Yeah. Well, there may be a point where you might be picking on people that aren't. Picking on people. Brother, I'm telling you, you're, you're, you need to check your white sensibilities. You, my friend, are suffering from white. No, that's not true at all. That's not true at all. You but just are they, not listening. The main thing that I'm trying to say. Okay. Okay. Is that the negativity against America in the propaganda that, and you've basically said you're pretty negative. You won't call yourself American. You don't think people are proud to be. Well, you won't be proud to be American. You can't. Be, I, I said, you, know, be, you can't see anything positive about America. Don't don't don't. I I talk a lot. You don't have to. You don't have to make shit up for right. me. I well, said I am an American. I said right. I, I remember that. I will not say I'm proud of America. Absolutely not. I, right. I will not. I will not say that. That's a dividing line. That's a dividing line. I'm not proud to be an American. I'm proud to be an American. At least I know I'm free. So the the song says. So the song says. So the song says. Right. Well, well, we have to fight for our freedoms, right? We have to fight for our freedoms. We we live in a country where you can be locked up. How many people are in jail that have not been convicted of anything? I don't really know. (laughs) There's a lot. There's a lot. There's much prison. Right. Why do we have people? Why do, not millions, but we have people in prison, right, uh, in jail that have, that have that have not been convicted of anything. Right. I, I just don't think you can reach the America with a negative attitudes towards America. 
I think you can reach Americans like that. I think think you should you should clarify your statement and say you don't think I can reach some white Americans with my. No, I don't think you can reach Middle America. You don't agree there is a Middle America. I don't think you can reach the hearts and souls and minds of the American people like that. I think I think you're absolutely incorrect. I do it. I do it. I do it in a very 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 successful way. Increasing black men's participation in electoral politics in a way that. No candidate, no party has been able to do so. Well, I, that's very good. I'm happy about that. Yeah, I'm gonna have happy to about that. What'd you say? I said I'm gonna have to push back on the idea that I can't reach Americans. Now, if you say I can't reach some white Americans, I would agree with you 100 percent because that's a yeah. fact. Yeah, I some, can't reach. I can't reach some white Americans. I, that, that's what I'm saying. So I, I, I think, I think your the problem though is it seems to me, and I, I, this is to me, it seems that you're white, you're white, you're white. And you're you're upset that we criticize white institutions like America, like uh, some parts of the religion that has been that that you feel that shouldn't be criticized that we criticize. I, I think th- no, I, I think you you underestimate the extent to which the criticism becomes uh, the creation of of sort of boogeyman of sort of it's an extremist representation. Of, uh, of what the extremists may view, but it's not really an accurate representation of, of Christianity, for example. It's not an accurate representation right. of right. those things. Right. I don't, and I, I, don't think it's, I don't think it's a critique of radical Christianity. I think it's a critique of racist Christianity, and it should be criticized. Well, it should be criticized maybe in an academic context, but in a political context, it becomes... Here's my say in a political context, okay, when it becomes a political label, it just devolves into anti-Christian rhetoric. It doesn't make that distinction to the public. What it appeals to and what it becomes is just an anti-Christian um, type of event or view and it doesn't have that distinction that you're making that doesn't really reach the public and while people are going to view it is just anti-christian and that's how it's going to come across regardless because the distinctions that you're making are not i think people are more nuanced than you're giving them credit for yeah I, i i i'm afraid that it's just going to come off with um christians on the right versus people who don't like anti-Christians on the left. And there's, that's what the struggle is going to be about. There's Christians on the left. Yeah, but they're so passive. And we can't talk anything about our faith. We can't use yeah. religious rhetoric. It's true. It's true. Believe yeah. me, I've been through it. I've been through it. I Nancy do a podcast called Bible Nancy Study Pelosi. for Progressives. Nancy Pelosi pray every time she speaks. Well, you can do it if you're a Democratic candidate because she's speaking to the middle of the country, but you can't do it if you're on the left. The middle of the country. It's San Francisco. Right, but she's not speaking. She's speaking to people. She's not speaking to fellow activists. I'm talking about the activist community and the anti-Christian. I'm telling you, man, I've been through it. We pray. Yeah, you pray, but then you go ahead and attack, attack Christians and set up a battle between Christians and all Christians. I don't attack all Christians. I but attack, that's what it comes I, off as. I, I attack the Billy Graham types and, and, and his son, Franklin Graham types. Well, Billy Graham is a little old and different from Franklin Graham, but Franklin Graham is pretty bad. Billy Graham, yeah. Graham wouldn't let black people worship with white people, so... Billy Graham had a different, the whole era at that time was quite different. Billy Graham started to introduce politics into the situation, whereas most fundamentalists view themselves as apolitical, falsely probably, at that time. But um, yeah, I think, I just think that what this is designed to do is not to distinguish, for example, between nationalists or false Christianity and real Christianity. Right. It's to divide us around Christianity. I don't, I don't, I don't, I, I, I think, I think for me, I think here's here, the hang up is, I think we're having different conversations because the way black people show up in politics mm-hmm. and the way white people show up in politics, because I'm telling you a uh, majority of the democratic percentage wise voters are black. 
and mm-hmm. majority of those people are Christians. So I, 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 I for me, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to acknowledge that I'm a little ignorant to what you're, to what you're saying as it pertains to white Christians not being able to, like, worship or or bring their Christ organized or bring bring organized using their faith, organize at church, organize like the black community, and I think it's because of mass unity. Total unity around the issue of racial discrimination. They they bring their well, right? Well, but I'm saying that's that's why the black community has been successful in activating their churches in the civil rights movement, and we don't have that type of unity in the white churches. So that's why we're not successful. But we need to find a way to activate our communities, and I think a lot of the stuff that we're selling them right now is probably wrong and not helpful to it. Um, I'm gonna tell you though, trying to activate my community and not want to talk about how racist America is, you're gonna fail epically even Oh no, we wanna talk about racism. That's not the problem here. Problem is not that we don't have an analysis of race at racism as a problem in America. That's not it at all. It's just how do we go about uh, approaching these people? Are we going to come at them with an anti-American, anti-Christian message? Or are we going to come at them with a pro-American I don't message? Know, I don't know. I don't know what pro-American messaging is. Pro-American me sounds. It sounds like the root. Well, of like, one that doesn't tear America down for being America's the evil empire. America is destroying this country. Destroying, it's destroying this planet still. Right, but there's more than every country in the world, and it's not just America. Like you said, it's Europe, it's Russia, it's China, every country in the world. Why do we spend on the military? Why do we need that much military? You when know, it's... this is the problem of human evil. This is the problem of human evil that we have, and okay. that we have to deal with. Well, we, we, spend, we spend a lot more on human evil, weapons of mass destruction, than any other country and yeah. combined, and we're not the largest country. Right. So and we're, we do some terrible things. Right. And, and, and this is to, when, for me to criticize America does not mean there's not things that I don't enjoy about America. But it, but proud, proud is a big word that I can't say about this country. I can't. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that sometimes I think we're not looking at everything that is American. We're only looking at the negative. We're not looking at the positive. I'm, I'm looking at the, the, the if, if I look at the whole, the list of negatives for me are longer than the list of, the list of positives. But we, the, the, the thing I'm trying to say, like, I can use an example, but I, I think we, there needs to be, we have American ideals. We have something that America is supposed to stand for. And if we just say America doesn't stand for those things anymore, doesn't stand for freedom, doesn't stand for equality, doesn't stand for democracy anymore, then we have, what are we creating if America doesn't stand for those things anymore? Yeah, I think, I think what happens is, I think when you say anymore, it to me register as make America great again. There's never been a time that this is these are this is the greatest day. Today is the greatest day in American history, and tomorrow will be even greater. There's no point when America was great for a person like me. Right. So, so, so what I'm telling you is when you say anymore to people like me, we we get jittery because I'm, I, there's no standing for freedom. And what you're asking, what we're fighting for, we're asking, we're fighting for America to first for its first time to stand for freedom, not just for one type of people, but all Americans. Well, I think that- And we can't, run around, there, there is... we can't run around proud-eyed if we're not fighting for America to be the free nation that it claims to be. But we, but we do need ideals to strive for, and that's what you're taking away. Again, I, I, again, that's your right. I like- right, right. But to say that America is not the land of the free uh, is an ideal, and you can point out the facts about how it is not the land of the free, but it doesn't change that it's a deal for which we should, an ideal for which we should strive. And that's what it means. Absolutely. I, 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 and, and that to me is what it means to be proud of America. Now, when I went to elementary school. But you're proud of an idea that America is trying to be. That is right, not right. Yeah, but that's not America. That's an idea that America is trying to be. 
Right, proud of what America is trying to be, but also I'm proud of America. I want to tell you why I'm proud of America. Oh yeah, tell me, brother. Okay, because we were one of the first countries who tried to establish a democracy. I mean, we had one in Greece. You know, we were ruled by tyrants throughout much of human history, right? And so we came to America when when countries came to America seeking religious freedom, quote unquote, and then they established the Constitution to have a government that was ruled by the people. One of of the first, I mean, we had the French Revolution and and this is only 250 years old that we've had a democracy. And democracy has spread throughout the Americas, even though we have not always been the the friend of democracy, even though we've been the enemy and we've, even in Chile, where we had a dictator installed, they have come back and they have a full democracy now. Democracy has spread. And so there's things to be proud about what America stands for, its ideals, and its role in history is not all negative. There's a positive role to live, stand up for human freedom. And that's why America is the beacon of democracy. It's not a perfect democracy. It's not a perfect beacon. It's the world's beacon, as imperfect as the world is. So, so, so my feeling really is, is that things are not as negative and that we, we need to hash some ideals that hold up Americans so that Americans have something to strive for that's worth striving for and not just all this, how America is terrible. That's kind of how I feel. <laughs> I hear you. Just a point, point of clarity, brother. Uh, Greece, you know, there, there are democracies in Africa before Greece. That, oh, Greece, East, that Greece actually mimic. But I, I hear what you're saying. So I, I, I think I could, a, a point that I can agree with is that America is an idea. The, the idea of America is something to be proud of. The yeah. idea. But what America actually is and has been Leaves, leaves, leaves a lot more. There's a lot of things that we need to fight for, to correct, to change, to work on. And race and democracy being of the primary importance. The yeah. top two, two issues, I mean, environment, there's a lot of issues out there actually. But um, I definitely think we need to, um, to have something for people to fight for and not make people feel bad about being an American. Thank you, Mondale. Great talk. In America, we believe everyone has a say in shaping the future. We, the people, should set the agenda, not a few big political donors. But sometimes the idea of a democracy that truly works for us and includes everyone seems out of reach. That's why we need bold solutions to protect our freedom to vote and ensure the people's voice is heard. What if I told you this was possible? Right now, the Senate is negotiating a bill to protect and expand our freedom to vote break the grip of big money in politics, and end partisan gerrymandering, the Freedom to Vote Act moves us closer to a democracy that can work for everyone, regardless of our race, background, or zip code. Based on solutions already working at the state level, the Freedom to Vote Act is a -a once-in-a-generation opportunity to shift power to everyday people. The last few years showed us that our democracy is under attack, and our freedom to vote is threatened. We must act now to protect and strengthen all people's voices and votes. It's time to pass the Freedom to Vote Act.